Welcome to the Flaming Greek, the hottest cooking show on the planet. Watch the hilarious duo cooking up adventure with the help of the torch. and Cami on Foodie TV, www.theflaminggreek.com. Welcome to this episode of The Flaming Greek. I'm Cami, and this is The Greek, and we have a very special guest, Mark. Mark, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for showing up, and I see we got the beef. We got the beef. We got the beef. We have the best beef. Thanks for having me. Yes, you do. And you're what, what company? The Master Purveyors. And you're located? In Hunts Point in the Bronx, Yeah, New York. that's right. We were down there yesterday, and you gave us a great tour, and really just opened our eyes about what's going on with the beef. So what do we have here? What cut is this? Well, sort of, this is a, a rib a rib cut. It's a 103 rib. Under, basically, USDA guidelines, all meat cuts have a number, a right. USDA number. And the number of a rib is signified by uh, 103, which is the long bone, right. as most people would know it as a tomahawk. Right. Right. And from a 103 rib, we can cut it down to a 109 rib, which is an oven-ready rib, where we just basically take the bones down, cut them shorter, right. and take some of the fat and meat off the cover and tie it back with string, so you can roast it. Um, we can also do cowboy steaks from a 109, or uh, we can actually make the bones a little shorter than that. The 109, and we call that an export rib. So, so, so if I could just put the people at the audience, so 103 is it determined by the length of the actual bone? That's correct. Wow. Okay. And then when you cut it down shorter, it's a 109. Right. And that's basically what you see in the grocery store, all packaged up nicely. That's with the bone. Right. And when you take the bone off, right. remove the bone altogether, right. it becomes a ribeye. So butcher talk. Right. Bone, it's a boneless rib. A lot of the. Um, misunderstandings when you when you hear about ribs or ribeyes people sometimes say a bone in ribeye cut and it, it really that's inconsistent it's like an oxymoron there's no such thing as a bone in ribeye because a ribeye is boneless so you really can't have a boneless piece of meat called a ribeye and then say it's a boneless ribeye with the bone in it sort of uh, it's inconsistent right, right. So I hear a lot of people say, "Looks like a ribeye with the bone," and that's really just a rib steak with the bone, or or a cowboy. So how would they permit it? Like, because I understand you smell, you um, actually sell to like Smith and Winsky, and that some of the top steakhouses in the United States. So maybe to give you a little background, uh, my dad, uh, Sam, uh, started the meat co our company in 1957 in Lower Manhattan on, on Washington Street. And we were in, we've been in the business for about 57 years. Uh, I came in later, naturally. Right. Um, my brother, Scott, is a little older than I am. Right. And he's been in the business since 1980. And I came into the business in the mid-90s. And my father came from New York. His father was a butcher and a farmer. And taught my dad how to butcher. And my father taught my brother and I how to butcher. And my son now is 20. And he's in school in Emory, and he's actually working during the summers. He's in the business too, working with us. So you've been in the business now for 20 years. Yeah. But well, actually, actually, longer than that. Right. But you're an attorney. Uh, attorney, guys. 
by professor. You know, when my, my brother got carted off from uh, midway through college, my father said, it's time to come into the business. I made a commitment that there was no way I was going into the meat business right from high school. Right. So I, I committed to going to college to enjoy myself. My brother was, you know, slaving right. at, at two o'clock in the morning at the time with my father. And I said, you know what? There's no way I'm going right into the business yeah. after college. So I did another three years well, of law school. That was a very smart thing to he do. Got you. Oh, that was very smart. So I figured, you know, let me practice a little bit. Right. Practice law for a couple of years. And then my father came to me when he was at 67 and said, you know, we want, I want to retire. You got to come into the business now. You have to stop playing, you know, your, your hobby, being a lawyer. Right. You know, and get to work. Get yeah, to work. Like he said, going. stop playing games. So <laughs> at 67, I said, you know, I'll go into the business. So the three of us started working, you know, together. And my father's now 87, and he still hasn't retired. He still works in the place 60 hours, 65 right. hours a week. Five days. And your mom lives in Florida. He goes back and forth. My mom goes to Florida six months out of the year. Right. She goes to Florida in October and comes back in April. Snowbirds, so we call them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah. My father loves it. He goes down to Florida yeah. once a month, maybe for a weekend. And my uh, mother thinks it's great. She has him up in New York. You know, yeah, and she's enjoying the sun, the sun, the summer sun. <laughs> she golfs, she plays tennis. Yeah. She's loving it down there. How long has your parents been married? Oh, it's gone for 60 years now. Yeah, wow. So you take that vacation every once in a while and it works. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. they have the secrets of the to, right. to, to longevity. His, his marriage. Yeah. You know, keeping everyone apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So what are we going to do with this today, Mark? Okay, so what I did was, you know, to give you a little background about Masters, uh, my father started the company in 57 with the idea that we, he was going to sell the best that was available. Uh, all he knew was best quality cattle right. when he came from Europe. So because he didn't speak English and he really didn't understand exactly how the U.S. economy operated, he knew that if he was going to deal with just the best, he'd always have clients and customers that would right. want that. So um, he started off selling to the 21 Club in 59. Uh, Peter Lugers came to him in 59. Uh, and he's been selling Peter Lugers actually for the last 57 years. And that's a top rated steak house in the United States. It, it is. It's one of the top. Yeah. And what's so interesting about Peter Luger's is that my father started the company greeting Saul Foreman, who was the original owner, right. at the front door shaking his hand and showing him the meat. Right. And they stamped their own meat. Peter Luger's comes and stamps their own product every single week. So that's what you were saying to us yesterday. Remember, Candy? Yes. That you had all that beef there, and they come in actually with yes. other, let's say, sellers of beef. They don't let their clients do that. They come and look and inspect. They stamp it. They buy it. We have an open-door policy. We're very proud of the meat that we sell. And it's interesting that five generations of the people at Pia Lugers have been coming to Masters every single week and greeting my father at the door. So we had Saul greeting my dad, and he had his wife greeting my father at the door at Masters to stamp meat. And then the daughters of Saul's daughters came to Masters and they were stamping meat, greeting my father at the door. And then the, the granddaughter was coming down, Jody comes down, and now they have the great grandchildren coming to Masters stamping the meat. And my father's still greeting the same family wow. over 57 years. Wow. That's crazy. Week in and week out. And we've been selling to Wolfgang Steakhouse, Benjamin's, Ben and Jack's, Ryan and Cooper Steakhouse. We bring meat to Florida, to Wolfgang's, to... Uh, Diplomat? 
The Diplomat, and RPM in Chicago. What's Boca. that? Prime, Prime in Boca, do you do that too? Uh, no. No? No. You gotta... We can't sell everybody. Well, listen, after this you should be able to. Well, with us, our concept and our philosophy is, is quality first. Right. So, we get the best meat, the best cattle in the country, and it can't always be the cheapest uh, product in the country, because we, we demand a lot from our packers, from farmers, and we pay extra money to get the meat brought to us that way, so we can compromise on, um, sometimes on price, but not on, on quality. And sometimes compromising on price isn't enough, right. and we can't sell everybody. Right, I got you. So I brought a rib, actually, to show you how it's broken down, and right. how and how we uh, utilize all the parts of it. Okay. Let's so go. I'm excited to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I like a rip it apart. <laughs> I want to hurry up and cook it. Okay, so what we have is a the 103 rib. This is the a prime rib, and uh, they're basically three different grade qualities um, of the USDA: the select choice and prime. Those three grade qualities are what de de determines how good a piece of meat will be. So USDA will say the more marbling, and the marbling is the intramuscular fat that you see in the eye of the, of the muscle, and that's going to melt through the cooking process and be really juicy. And the more marbling you have, the more intramuscular fat you have, the more um, juice and also more flavor you're going to have in the cut. So this piece of meat here I brought is, is USDA prime. And as you can see on the back of the rib, right, right it's grated prime right here. Yep. And it's it. And it's rolled. Well, every piece of meat is tagged, right? So when they're done at the, at the harvesting it in, right. the, in the processing plant, they'll put down a tag where, where it came from. This happens to be a kosher tag because uh, you can see. Yeah. You see the, the, the kosher right, the Hebrew right, writing? Right. This comes from the front of the animal. Hebrew. Okay. And we got this from a plant, actually local, and this animal was, is an Angus animal that was, that was processed kosher. And we buy local also, as well as not just local, but also from the Midwest. Uh, we're quality oriented, so we're just going to get the best feed wherever it is. And this cut here and this plant in, in New Jersey provides us great quality beef that's local. Uh, is that black Angus? Yeah, Angus this, is all black. Right. Well, that's, Black Angus is a breed, right? and there's 87 different breeds of steers in the United States. Now, can you do this, now that you hit on that, what's the difference between a steer and a bull? Well, uh, they're both male. Right. Uh, bulls are for breeding. Okay. And you can't have every boy bull right. breeding. Right. And we need to, you know, raise cattle for, for feeding. Right. So, in order to ensure that this piece of meat is going to be tender. Uh, they try to minimize the hormone level that's produced inside the animal, which is uh, testosterone. Right. So the only way they could, um, it's hard to, I don't know how the audience is going to take it, but. Give it to them straight. straight. Well, they, bas they, they basically castrate. Yeah. They got to snip the manhood. Right, they snip the manhood. Yeah. And they prevent the animal from <laughs> producing testosterone, and that will actually eliminate the hormones from making the muscle more uh, tough. So th these are all steers.
So every piece of beef is not created equal. And you guys are real special because you take that time in order to see to it that it is Angus, that it is grown properly. There's no hormones, correct? Oh. And, and it's what, no older than 30 months, you were saying? Yeah, the you know, USDA has a strict guidelines. And any piece of meat that has the bones still in it right. uh, has to be under 30 months. So if they're harvesting cattle that's under 30 months, the bone can stay in it. So that's, what, that's how you get your courthouse steak, your rib steaks, your sirloin steaks, or Kansas City steaks. Those are the bone in. All those cattle have to be 30 months and younger. Anything that's 30 months or older, the bone has to be removed. And, and that's... these are 30 months? This is what, the, the size that it would come to? Well, this is all 30 months and younger. My cattle that we get, basically... That's big for 30 months. Well, this is actually 24 months. Yeah, the cattle we get is basically 24 months on average. Right. <laughs> Pretty big. So they're young. They're babies. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're young, and they also are very, very tasty. Yes, they are. They yes. are really good. Right, so... Um, well, I can't wait to use this on that. The torch. So if you'd like, I can, I can remove and, and break it down and bring it to like a steak form so you right. can cook it. Um, so we basically will take the rib. Cammy, would you mind passing me the utensils? Of course. Here's one. Here's two. Thank you. Okay, so the important thing, what we do in order to make a steak, we've got to remove certain bones so we can cut through the meat without hitting bone, naturally. So we take the, uh, the rib, and what I'm removing is the, the bottom part of the bone. Yeah, I've never seen this happen before. This is so interesting. So this is the back one. And that's what we call that, we call this a feather bone. As you can see, it's got... Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it looks almost like a little feather, yeah. So these are all feather bones. Oh. Remove that. Now, the important thing to do is once we have the rib... As a master butcher. We need to remove this big piece of yeah. fat. Skin Let's see you do that. Is that it's skin or fat? Yeah. Is that skin or fat? This is fat. It almost looks like skin to me. No, no, no. The, the skin was removed. Oh, okay. So it's a grizzle. Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is all fat. This is what is in between the muscle uh -huh. and the skin. Right. We call it hide. Right. Right? That's what Rocky was beating on in the movie, right? Right. <laughs> so we take the knife and we come across the bone section. Right? And we try to just we open it up. I see you're pretty good at this because you got all your fingers. We try. <laughs> you know, it didn't always work out that way. Right. That's <laughs> why we you. live and learn. I know a fingerless Freddy who's in the textile business. And the idea is to take this cap, we call it a fat cap, off of the rib. A fat cap? Fat cap. Oh, fat cap. A cap, rather. C-A-P. When you're in the butcher shop, the idea is to be able to pull it away from the bone. Wow. 
So we remove the cap from the bone. So we can, uh, basically you can make beef soup from the cover, right. pepper steak. We take this meat, we actually grind it and mix it with some of our other meats right. to make our own secret, you know, Blend. special blends for our burgers. Um, we uh, actually just opened a, started an online butcher shop, so. We got burgers here today. And how were they? We're gonna do them. Oh, I'm gonna, great. I'm gonna make a burger, I'm gonna make a steak, I'm gonna torch something. And so, moving the cover. See, comes right off. Beautiful. Right. Want me to take this? Sure, that's great. So let me just cut it through here. Now, to give you an example, oops, give me an example. This is the cover. Well, right. pretty big. Right? Yeah. And in here, you have uh, deco meat. You have rib cat meat, they call it. You may see in the supermarket rib cat meat or deco meat. Um, this meat here is, is very good for pepper steak and stewing, uh, braising. Not very good for grilling because it's all uh, tough. Uh, but very good for breaking down uh, to other, other cuts. So uh, you can marinate that. Right, you could take that and marinate that like a skirt steak, and it comes out like butter. Yeah, if you can marinate it, you right. can tenderize it a little bit. Sure. And, and yeah, you can do that as well. There are other cuts in, inside um, the, the sear that are probably maybe better. For, right. You know, like a skirt. There's no substitute for a skirt steak. Skirt steaks are one of my favorites. Um, and you can see that it's all prime. Yes. And this number here, this three. See this three? Yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Can you already see the three? That's the yield rate. So USDA says this is a, a yield three. Now there's five levels, one through five. One being the leanest, right. five being the fattiest. Right. The optimal number is a three. Right? It's right in the middle. Right. So what, you try, what we try to do is we try to get an, a piece of beef that doesn't have a lot of fat cover on it, a thick fat on the top, so we don't lose yield when we're trimming it down to steaks. So they only know, excuse me, it's a three once you get the actual steer to this point. So you don't know beforehand. Well, they don't know when it's walking. Right, they got to slaughter it. Once, once they process it, right. and they look at it, and they can see how, how much. Now, how heavy is that little piece? You want to hold it? Yeah, I want to hold it. No, it's heavy. This piece of meat is probably about, uh, about 18 yeah, pounds. Yeah, but you're going to, let me get you a paper towel. Why, I can put it on gloves. Okay, just I want. I just want to hold. Go like that. <laughs> All right, let her have it, Mark. Oh my God. Holy crap! I think you should do a workout with that. All right, stand there. She could hold that while you cut down. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Get my muscles. One, two, three. That's a big piece of beef, Ken. So now you can That's see that this piece of beef is highly marbled. Here are the bones, right? And now it's got the fat on the top. Right. So it, to make steaks. Right? What we try to, what we, what we need to do. Steaks. We need to basically, we like to French them. Right. What Frenching is, we're basically we'll take the, this, the, the meat in between the bones, right. clean the bones, so right. you have a handle. Right. right. This we call basically tomahawks. So we take about an inch off the top, right? Cut an inch to the back, and. So you're gonna take the bone off down to there? Well, I'm gonna leave the bone on. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, take yeah, all the yeah, fat yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we're gonna make it uh, basically nice and clean. Clean the bone. Got tired there, yeah. 
I'm not that strong. <laughs> so this technique is called Frenching. Right. But you're not tonguing the meat. No. No, no, no. So not. what exactly, how do you French a meat? So I'm gonna, I'll show you. What we do is, Frenching is basically making the, the bone exposed so you can clean it up. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. So these are good scraps, yes? Oh, that's great. This is the meat that goes in between rib, the rib cage, right? That's very flavorful. So if you ever had a rib steak, we're going to cook this and up. You eat the, and you're trying chewing on the bone, right. this that's is the meat gnawing and you're gnawing at. And that's really flavorful. Um, it, it's probably one of the, my favorite part of the, the rib steak is to get to the bone. So, so after we, we, we take the meat out in between, we clean it up. When you take the, uh, it off the top of the bone, you like pull it off? We, we Cause clean. that's like a, what? That's not, that's a, what is that? What is this called? That's fat. Fat. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I thought that was fat. That is too. Oh. The grizzle. So you either have. Grizzly. Either have bone, mm. like muscle, or fat. So how do you tell the difference between muscle and fat when you're cutting these? Well, the, the fat's basically more white. Okay. If there's any red, any muscle running through it, then you have to make a decision whether it's part of the muscle, the main steak, or the, whether it's going to be eliminate. part of the, something you eliminate. Right. Like the cover that we took off, that has fat and meat. Um, that you grabbed, you were weighing off like uh, your um, weightlifting. Yeah, weightlifting. This this big piece right here. That has uh, muscle and fat in it, and we're gonna we're gonna break that down afterwards. Right. So we can use that maybe for stews or for some right. Leave it like maybe like in a crock pot or something. Get like soak soak it in there with flavors. And eight hours later, you got a meal. Oh, delicious. So we, we basically clean off the bones. Making everybody hungry out there and um, our audience. When we basically like to when you clean you clean the bone so it doesn't have any, any particles of fat. You see the torch man would do the job for me there. Yes. But what I would do for the presentation is wrap these in aluminum foil so I wouldn't, you know, char the bones. But you couldn't even fit that in an oven, could you? Oh yeah, I could. Good? Okay, oh, yeah. so you we're, oh, you're right. we're ready yeah. to make steaks, right? Yes. So yes, we're ready hungry. to make steaks. See, all this is goes into the preparation of the steak before right. you're gonna cut it. So I'll just give you an idea. Beautiful, very beautiful. Here, right? So I'm going to take the bigger knife. It looks like a, it looks like a bear's foot with a lot of toes. Well, if you're out in the wilderness, you'd like to run into this. Basically, take the knife. And there, that's what you got. Holy moly. Right. That's a lot of meat. That is, like, wow. so cool, right? Wow, that's yeah. cool. That is cool. <laughs> Beautiful. Just absolutely perfect. Right, so you see the nice marbling. Really yes. Evenly distributed throughout yes. the whole rib. And what's the reasoning for that? Is that what you feed on, or 
Yeah, are so, they active? Are they walking around? Do they stay in one place? Well, they're actually walking around. You know, a steer actually is on grass right. for at least a good part of its uh, uh, life. It's uh, 12 to 16 months, they're all on grass. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not till the latter part where they'll actually put them on grains, feed, which would help uh, increase the amount of intramuscular fat. Right. So the feeds that they, they, they give them is um, they've got wheat, barley, Roughage. corn, rice silage. Right. Um, you know, so like, now the silage is the actual corn husk they ground down? Mixed right. right. Yeah, exactly. So they utilize everything. So once they, they're utilizing the corn, they'll take the stalk, they'll chop that into powder. Right. Like uh, when you take a tree right. and you want to get rid of a tree trunk. Sawdust. Sawdust. They'll take that, they'll put that and mix that into the feed right. so it gives it roughage. Right. You know, so the animal can process the feed. Right. And th That's responsible for the marble? Right. Wow. Interesting. I, well, I never knew that. Now you need to have a specific type of, you know, the breeds that we were talking about before. Uh, we handle Angus and Hereford. The, the, the best uh, breeds that are available in the United States are the Angus and the Hereford breeds. Uh, there's 87 different breeds. And you know they're crossbreeding with different animals depending on whether they need to make weight, right? To make a bigger animal, right. they'll crossbreed it. Let's say with a limousine. Right. You know, the limousine has right. a bigger animal. Right. So depending on what part of the country they're being raised, whether the climate's you know conducive for that particular animal. So if we have Texas, Florida, warmer climates, they'll raise cattle in those states that are uh, better situated to to handle that kind of weather. Uh, Asian animals, Brahmin uh, animals, you know, the long horns like you, saw, like you see in the cowboy movies. Right. Yeah. Those animals actually handle, it, handle the heat better. They'll drink more, uh, they won't eat as much, and what we need these animals to do is eat more. Yeah, you need to eat so you can get the marbling, correct? Perfect. So now we're going to take two sticks and cook them in the next show. Yeah, well listen, thanks for watching this butchering show. This guy's great, he's got the beef. We're gonna be back and uh, we're gonna coach this. For a copy of any of the recipes that you've seen on today's program, please purchase the Flaming Greek and Kami Cookbook, a delightful, colorful page photo coffee table cookbook that will have you and your family enjoying these recipes in the convenience of your own home. Cook with the Flaming Greek. To purchase the cookbook, log on to theflaminggreek.com. The price is $44.95 plus shipping and handling. Offer made by the Flaming Greek Production.